Australia. This is the Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson and Shell in the studio uh-huh. live. The Dream Team. Dream Team back again. We are collectively co- collected, <laughs> and we're here. And we're this is the first time we've actually seen each other in person over a month. It's mm. been a long time. Like, cause you left before. Well, you were down in Melbourne, mm-hmm. then, and then when we came back, and then you were gone, and you were gone, and the shell's gone, I was gone, everybody's gone, now we're here. We're, we're all here together in the studio for it's, the first time in a, in a while. It's wild. Yeah. It is. It's really exciting, actually. I feel, I feel at home. Yeah. We're just I feel special. Ticking boxes, kicking goals, getting I, it done. Even though I don't see them, it just, it feels like it smells like donuts. But there's no Fair donuts. Enough. But it just feels uh, that's the vibe. I'm going, oh, oh dude, I love yeah. the smell of yeah, donuts, no, like a maple bar. Yeah, dude, I, I, when Yikes. I was down in Melbourne, I had the best donuts. Really, they were vegan first and foremost. Secondly, they were like huge. They were like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what scale I could give. Um, use what Americans use, like everything but the metric system. That's right. So <laughs> it's about the size of uh, three quarters of an iPad big. Perfect uh, for one donut. It was like it was like his big donut. I had two of them. I had like a, one was a regular cinnamon one. The other one was like a Biscoff one. And oh, it was amazing. Good times. It was so good. Uh, what what kind of food do you like to eat? Well, actually, I'm just. I was gonna say I'm. I'm actually quite thankful for cafes. We went to this place called the Cubby. Which mm. is the bakehouse up in Kingscliff? Apparently, it's like the best bakery in Australia. Nah, that's, that's what, what everyone hear. says. That's dude. What here. Well, we were up there. Uh, we were in Kingscliff uh, for the weekend, and man, it was pretty good food. I gotta yeah. be honest, it was really good. Because you're up there for a wedding, wedding celebration. Yeah, I went to Kyle and Avelina's Australian wedding. Yeah, shout out. It was uh, MC for their Finnish wedding and their Australian wedding. One month later. <laughs> That's incredible. Coming up on Faith FM, a disgraced Catholic cardinal connected to the George Pell uh, Tribunal has now been accused of laundering, embezzlement, and fraud regarding the Pell case. Stands trial with questions about a $2.3 million transfer to Melbourne. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. This is the breakfast show. This is Blake and Lawson. We are here. We are awake. We've got some stuff. Before we do that, though, I just want to say a shout out to our listeners in New Norfolk, Tasmania. New Norfolk. New Norfolk. So not just regular old Norfolk. Norfolk. No, but the new one. Mm. New Norfolk, Tasmania, 87.6. Thank you so much for listening. We also want to shout out. The old Mernda, Victoria. I hope I said that the right way. 88.0, Mernda, Victoria, 88.0. And then also, uh, a little town I like to call Bellingen. Mm. Did I say that one right? Yeah. I think I did say that one right. Bellingen, New South Wales, also on 88.0. If you're listening to one... If you're listening to one of those stations, let us know. 0491-064-669. Thank you so much uh, for... Tuning in to the studio, I do want to say I met some people at the wedding, mm-hmm. and I told you to text us because they're they're like we listen every day, and I was like I don't know that because yeah. you haven't texted or called in, and they were like well we do, and I was like prove it. So if you're listening to <laughs> us right now, text us at oh four nine one oh six four six six nine, and all you have to do is say proved it. 
I, I, I totally resonate with you. You know, when I go to churches and I've been down to Melbourne, been to Canberra, been to places, people are like, oh, yeah, we listen to the radio. I'm like, how should I know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I know some enough. of our listeners do because they text Because they text us. Yeah, so. But hey, 0491 And that's the number that you want to load up because we're getting into our first clue for the quiz today, which is, so this is a what book am I quiz? First clue. It's one of 66. Ooh. But that's that's every book. So I'll give a <laughs> clue 1B. Here we go. Quote, come gather together for the great supper of God, so you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of all people. Wow. That's really Whoa, cool. that's intense. That's wild times. 0491 Again, that question was, what book am I? Quote, come gather together for the great supper of God, so you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of all people. Have I ever told you the story about when Kyle saved me from cannibals? Yeah. But have we you've shared told it on me air? that story? Maybe you've shared it on air. I'm not sure. We might share that later on because it's uh-huh. such a valuable. Because we were just at the wedding, yeah, and with Kyle, and with Kyle, and I was, I was like, ah, oh, we could talk about candles. I think we might have shared it on the air. Yeah, I, I, so. I definitely know that I know it. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's okay. If if we if you haven't heard it, text us also at oh four nine one oh six four six six nine. Uh, but either do that or for these prizes. Now, see what's happening. of course, this week we have four prizes. Four? That then goes down into two based on your choice. Ooh. So all of these pi- prizes, <laughs> all of these prizes have to do with the sanctuary, which is a real cornerstone of the Bible, theology, understanding future and end time events, understanding the plan of salvation as well. And these books that we have here, we've got The Sanctuary and Salvation by Roy Gain. Roy Gain, one of the foremost authorities on the sanctuary. I have that book. We've got The Sanctuary Pure and Simple by Kenneth Cox, another book that I've read and I find incredible. It is very good. Christ in His Sanctuary by Ellen G. White. Classic. Fantastic book. And then finally here, The Sanctuary Service by M L and Andreasen, I believe. Andreasen. M- I don't know that one. ML- yeah, I've never read it either. I bet it's a fantastic though. All of these books are great. You can pick two of them. So again, that number was zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And that question was, what book am I? Clue quote. Come gather together for the great supper of God, so you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of all people. You know, that just kind of reminds me that one of the pillars of our faith uh, as as Adventists, we believe that salvation is through the sanctuary. Now, that mm. doesn't mean that we have to go walk through the sanctuary to mm. achieve salvation, but the the stories in the Old Testament of the sanctuary and the blueprints that are provided give us a very detailed explanation Mm. of the plan of salvation through Christ, our Mm. Redeemer, and the representative of the the fulfillment of the type of a lamb that is sacrificed Mm. on our behalf as well, Mm. too. And so if you want to know more about salvation, study more about the sanctuary, uh, the earthly sanctuary, that really points us to a heavenly sanctuary as well, too, uh, because that's where Moses got the blueprints from. And simply put, uh, in the Psalms, the psalmist, I believe it's Asaph, 
one of the psalmists, writes, Your way, O Lord, is in the sanctuary. He has a big, in fact, the psalm is a big reflection of the sanctuary. And he can see clearly the answer to injustice, the answer to all kinds of issues and problems that we see in our world. And the answer that God will respond with can be found within the model of the sanctuary. Asaph saw me. That's his uh, nickname that I'm just sure. <laughs> Amazing. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Let's have a look at some positively different news. First, first piece of positively different news. Uh, there is a five hundred and sixty to one. So one in five hundred and sixty chance uh, that on Valentine Valentine's Day twenty forty six, an asteroid will hit Earth. <laughs> What? And, that, and have the have the ability to destroy multiple cities wherever it hits. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is we're launching missiles or something. <laughs> What's I don't know. It's just this is happening soon. That, twenty. What is it? Twenty forty six. Yeah. Okay. There's a a one in five hundred and sixty chance, and I'm really stoked to read news like this because our world's wrapping up soon. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I want to see Jesus come back. And, you know, it, it is snowing in California right now, if you didn't know. I know. It's if, if there are, well, we've just had the hottest week for our entire summer in March. Wild times. Like, the world is just crazy. It's falling apart. We can see clearly. You know, some people are, you know, huge proponents of man-made climate change and the fact that we need to step up and take action. Some people aren't. I'm not necessarily a, a proponent of stepping up to man-made climate change, although I do, I'm very against plastic pollution and a few different things. I'm like, let's let's stop ruining our oceans and killing animals, that kind of thing. But that all being said, it, we can just simply see that our world is falling apart and seeing, and, and that also the signs of the times being fulfilled, Jesus is coming back soon. And it's no surprise that we read something like, oh, hey, there's an asteroid that could hit Earth and destroy multiple cities. Like... It's it's just happening. No surprise there. It's, it's just happening. And it's always a reminder, hey, the world that we live in is a unstable foundation. Mm. But Jesus is Jesus literally is the rock. The Bible calls him the cornerstone in which we build our faith. He's represented by the stone, if you read the prophecy of Daniel chapter two, and it talks about the uh the rock that will bring an end to all nations. The event that will bring an end to all nations. Jesus is our foundation. So, yeah, I just read that this morning and it made me chuckle. Because at the same time, they're saying, oh, this isn't something you should be worried about. Like, one in 560 isn't that much. And I'm like, it's kind of, it's kind of high. It's kind of a, it's kind of a high chance. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm like, hey, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, it goes like that. Now, speaking of snow in California, I just want to sh- quickly share a story. Yeah. There is a guy, his name is Jerry Jaray, who's actually a former NASA employee. He's retired now. You know, space connection there. Who was caught in the snow in California for five days and survived by eating croissants, candy, and biscotti. So <laughs> Classic diet. He's, Classic uh, he's snow d- diet. driving down the freeway. There's a snowstorm about to come, but he's like, I should make it home before then. Wrong all, again. All of a sudden, the, storms, the, so, the snowstorm hits. He's on the freeway. And you should see this place is just like absolutely like just snow covered to the, like up until, you know, the kind of the door handles of his car. And, he, and he, he's just stuck there by himself in the snow. He's like, 
I don't know, about 60 miles from home in the middle of the freeway. No one's there. It's completely empty. And he's just sitting there. He's like, well. Time to survive. Time to survive. So, he, like, obviously his family, they put out, like, a missing persons, you know, report. And they're like, hey, we can't find this guy. But no one could go out and search for him because the snowstorm was so bad. Wow. So, so, he's just eating, as I said, biscotti, croissants, and uh, some candy as well. Like, some, some lollies and stuff. He's just, you know, covering himself with a jacket and a uh, hotel towel. And, yeah, he ends up surviving. A helicopter sees him from the sky, and they're like, hey, that's our man, and they go and pick him up. But I just thought that was hilarious because, again, it's snowing in California right now. That is wild. Absolutely crazy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Larson, before you read the quiz, you mentioned something previously about the the rock that's coming, right? Mm. This reminded me of something I want to read to our listeners because this mm. is something I learned a little while ago and it really impacted my understanding of a verse found in Psalm chapter 118, verse 22 to 23. It says, mm. the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. So in quoting the prophecy of the rejected stone, Christ referred, so he's talking about this in Matthew probably, I think, 21, Christ referred to an occurrence in the history of Israel. The incident was connected with the building of the very first temple. When the Temple of Solomon was erected, the immense stones for the walls and the foundation were entirely prepared at the quarry. After they were then brought to the building itself, not an instrument was used uh, was to be used upon them, and no sound of chiseling and hammering was to be heard. So like when they brought them over, they didn't hammer or chisel or do anything like that. Mm. The workmen had only to place them in position for use in the foundation. One stone of unusual size and peculiar shape had been brought, but the workmen could find no place for it, and they would not accept it. It was an annoyance to them as it lay unused in their way. Long it remained a rejected stone. But when the builders came to the lane of the corner, this is the stone that goes there, they searched for a long time to find a stone of sufficient size and strength and of the proper shape to take the particular place and bear the great weight which would rest upon it. But at last, attention was called to the stone so long rejected. The stone was accepted, brought to its assigned position, and found to be an exact fit. Mm. This is a symbolic story of Jesus. This cornerstone who was rejected by the builders, by the the religious leaders of the time, only later to realize that he actually is the only stone that could fit. And He's I just wanted man. to share that story because when I found that out a, a long time ago, uh, I was like, wow, that's a really cool prophecy that like confirms my faith in Jesus. Like mm. Just like this actual stone that was actually rejected and then becomes the chief cornerstone, which is like the, the pinnacle piece to hold it all together, Jesus is that pinnacle piece for us mm. as well, too, that a lot of people reject him. A lot of people who are really important and even making the church have rejected Jesus mm. as well, too. And yet he is the chief cornerstone. Mm. So I just want to share that with our listeners because it was so profound to me when I found that out many years ago. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's have another clue for the quiz. What book am I, quote, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, for their deeds will follow 
them. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. We'll get into some specifics about the book after. At the moment, we've just, just kind of got quotes and quotes and quotes. But if you know these quotes, again, I'll read that one. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on, for their deeds will follow them. 0491-064-669, of course, if you get that correct, you'll go into the draw, which will be drawn on Friday to win a whole host of books. The Sanctuary and Salvation, The Sanctuary Pure and Simple, Christ and His Sanctuary, and The Sanctuary Service. You'll be able to pick two out of those four. But hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. So we've got a crazy story here on... Uh, this is about Cardinal Pell. Now, we've talked about Cardinal Pell many times. There's been a, an in, inquiry into his allegations on, mm. you know, inappropriate, you know, child relations and, and things like that. But here's a, a story that's connected to this. Uh, two years ago, the Pope fired a man who was a Catholic cardinal connected to this, uh, and his name was Giovanni Angelo Biccio, I, I don't really know if I can say his name right. Maybe you can figure that out. B-C-C-I, B-E-C-C-I-U. What do you think that is? Beccio. Beccio. Is, he, is he Italian? Yeah, he is. Um, Beccio. Beccio. Okay. So anyway, uh, apparently, and this is, uh, this is what I'm trying to figure out here. You know more about soccer than I do. Uh, apparently, there was... $400 million acquisition that was made by this guy, Angelo Becchio, Bezio, who was basically using money to, from what I can tell, actually aimed at harming Cardinal Pell from the Vatican money. So try to follow with me on that. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to keep up. Yeah, so, well, what's, what's going on? So this guy is accused by the Vatican, of uh-huh. using Vatican money to harm Cardinal Pell's reputation and story, uh-huh. right? There was a... Now, now this is, and this doesn't make any sense to me either. There's a Vatican tribunal. So, get this. The Vatican has brought together a tribunal to then judge this guy, uh, Cardinal Bezio. We'll just call him Cardinal Angelo, because that's a little easier to say, but it's mm. the same guy. And... They're accusing him of sending $2.3 million, an unexplained transfer to Melbourne office of a technology company, now implicated in an investigation into Russian interference in the U.S. election. And its timing coincided with Pell's trial, and the money was at first said to have been for his legal defense, which was shown to be untrue. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, 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 like the most so they're sending thing? money from the Vatican to interfere with the American election on behalf of the Russians that also coincided with Cardinal Pell's... Yes. Uh, well, it's under the guise, so it's disguised as money, to send for Cardinal Pell's legal fees. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's going towards allegedly... Russian interference in the U.S. elections instead. Bro. Is this not a wild story? <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm just, and that's why I'm trying to figure it out as well, too. But here's, okay, let's just pause here for a minute. Hold on. Why is the Vatican tribunal judging, like, the Vatican? Like, mm. that's equivalent, and I want to be very careful how I say this, but this would be equivalent to a trial or a tribunal created by Nazis to trial 
Nazis mm-hmm. for their war crimes. Mm-hmm. So do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why in the world are is that even, like, a possibility? Yeah. Like, that we would say, okay, we got some guys in the Vatican who we think are doing some crimes. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put a tribunal together from the Vatican yeah. to see whether or not they've committed I think, crimes. like, stuff like that has, has happened before. And, and, and I think it's sometimes it's appropriate. But I think when it's criminal activity, there needs to be a third party. Yeah, I mean, well, and yeah. I'm, I think the accusations are, if I'm not mistaken, uh, money laundering, embezzlement, and fraud. Mm-hmm. And this is in the wake of the acquisition of a $400 million building in London's Sloan Avenue that's connected with Chelsea. I think like the, 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 the soccer team, yeah. team as well, yeah. too. So for me, when I'm hearing this story, like this is such a, an, a almost an abuse of power. Or mm. I don't even know if it's an abuse of power. It's like a... It's an inaccurate way of discerning whether anything has happened or not. Mm. Like, how can you be objective? Like, I don't understand. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, it's complicated. I think it's very complicated. But what we can see is that the Vatican is maneuvering in operating in such a way that is, what's the word, you know? It's 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 very politically motivated to do a bunch of stuff. It doesn't it doesn't seem like a ch- it's not operating operating in the same way as a church. It's operating in the way of yeah, someone who is politically maneuvering to ask people to get people to to do this to that. It's incredibly interesting. The trial is hearing a variety of accusations, including that Cardinal Be- Bezio or Angelo. As a senior prelate in the Secretary of State, funneled church funds to organizations and charities run by his family in Sardinia. Ooh. The allegations include the siphoning of some 700,000 euros to a cooperative run by his brother Tonino. Tonino, mm. which in turn created work for companies run by two other brothers, right? Mm. So basically, he's being accused of instead of sending money to Cardinal Pell, which what she mm. claimed was for this. He's sending over 700,000 euros to organizations that end up helping fund his family's, you know, business mm-hmm, and his family's mm-hmm. funding as well too. I think what we need to be very clear about and, and understand about is when we see the Vatican, it is not a representation of the biblical church. I know a lot of mm. people, a lot of people look at the Vatican and go, Oh, that's a representation of the mm, church. That's Christianity. That, yeah. Of Christianity. No, 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 no. The Vatican is its own separate entity that has nothing to do with biblical Christianity because the Vatican mm. in and of itself is a nation state. And so I do want to encourage our listeners to not judge the Bible in accordance to the actions taken by the Vatican, mm. right? In fact, the Bible itself actually predicts that this nation state, which would be small in its size, but powerful in its impact around the world, would actually do this. Mm. They would embezzle and launder and basically commit crimes against God's people. Mm-hmm. And so when, because I hear a lot of people, I hear so many people talk about, oh, you know, the, the Catholic Church did this, Catholic Church did that. And they're like, that's why I'm not a Christian. Like, I don't believe in organized re- religion. Hold on. Mm. Don't judge the religion of Christianity, the followers of Christ, by the actions taken by the Vatican, which is a misrepresentation that the Bible said this entity would misrepresent 
the very actions of Christianity and the very actions of Christ. I think it's important for us to remember that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. This is uh, Blake and Lawson live from the studio. Shell pressing the buttons, making it happen uh, behind the scenes. And Lawson, we're up for another quiz clue. Before you do it, though, I just want to say state it or star it for the quiz. If you are just playing for clout, just praying. If you're if you're praying, not praying. Well, if you're praying. Praying is good if too. If you're praying for clout, please stop. Okay. If you're playing for clout. Continue. That's not what I meant to say. I've been yeah. playing. I've been to say playing. Uh, if you're playing for clout, just state it or star it. Okay, just read the clue. Uh, this book has at least 79 references to angels. That's three times more than any other book in the Bible. That's full of angels. But I don't I don't read you in there, Blake. <laughs> Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win two of the four amazing books that we have on offer. The Salvation and Sanctuary and Salvation. Uh, the Sanctuary and Salvation. That was what the book was called. The Sanctuary Pure and Simple, Christ in His Sanctuary, and the Sanctuary Service. All to do with the Sanctuary. And in fact, this book, that uh, this this the book that we're trying to guess... Which book of the Bible? Oh, yeah. Another oh. little sub-clue. Yeah. Incredibly, incredibly involved in explaining the sanctuary. Yeah. I, I think I know what book it is now, but I'm just a little... You just, you're just like holding off. 0491-064-669. This book has at least 79 references to angels. That's three times more than any other book in the Bible. Hmm. Interesting. I think I know what it is, but I just I'm a little bit nervous. You don't know, dude. <laughs> you don't know anything. Well, that's fair. Uh, I I really am not uh, aware of many things that are going on in your head. That's for mm. sure. Uh, but we do have what I what I am aware of, Lawson, mm. is we have a very amazing person on the phone with us, Mark Sutherland, the pastor. Uh, again, coming at us. Uh, we have part two of some Mardi Gras action. We kind of talked about that last week. Uh, but I think we're going to go in a different direction here. Uh, Mark, can you hear us? Yeah, I hope I can hear. How are you? Excellent, Mark. Uh, now, we awesome. we had a, a wild conversation last week, and I just kind of wanted to follow up on that conversation. You spent some time in Mardi Gras. Well, not on purpose. I think you are just going down to Sydney and then happened to get caught in the Mardi Gras. Uh, and then <laughs> we talked about a Christian flag last week. Oh, well, it was a... It was not a Christian flag. It was the pride flag with a cross on it. We talked about that. But then today we are kind of going to look into the whole concept of marriage and the family from a Bible perspective. And I just wanted to see where you want to start with this. Um, Yeah, marriage and family, that's a really, really good topic. I think uh, think now it's more more than ever important to to really have these discussions about it, especially within church. I guess the first thing you can really say about marriage and family is in Genesis, you know, two and three, at the very beginning of the Bible and in it, within the creation story, there are two clear institutions that God ordains, right? Um, mm-hmm. The first institution we see is the Sabbath, and the Sabbath is really this facilitating of a relationship between God and creation, mm-hmm. and, you know, God and man have this just sort of unmediated um, relationship within the Garden of Eden. 
But the mm-hmm. second institution we see that's very interesting that's created is actually marriage. Mm-hmm. And so creation, um, yeah, has these two institutions that are um, ordained. And they actually are the two institutions that actually carry through after the fall as well. Now, they can be perverted. They can be, um, you know, attacked and destroyed by Satan. And we see that a lot throughout scripture, but they actually carry the way all the way through until again, the end of scripture when, you know, we have the second coming and we have this new earth made new. And there's prophecies regarding that, um, in, in spe- especially in Isaiah, there are prophecies regarding both, you know, this eternal keeping of the Sabbath and this internal institution of marriage and family. So the, from the very beginning, God had set in place a design for his people and, and given him, given mankind, which I, when I say mankind, I mean men and women, the gift of both rest and love through marriage as well too, these institutions. And so, and you're kind of basically making the point from what I can tell is that these two institutions are under attack. Now I want to talk about Sabbath another time because that would be a huge topic in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, of course. I just wanted to highlight yeah. that side by side they they're created. So they're they're together here. But how how is marriage under attack? I mean, I, I have a few ideas. But well what are some I think thoughts? I think it comes I, I was thinking about it. I think it comes under attack straight away in the book of Genesis. So the thing the thing is man is has this unique space within God's creation in that he's made in the image of God. And again, when I refer to man, I'm talking of Adam, but then also mankind as an, as an entirety. So humanity is made in the image of God and the image of God is really best expressed through, you know, um, the man and the woman. And then we also see, you know, children come, come from that relationship. Mm-hmm. This is like a really good expression of the image of God, you know, as best we can within creation. Nothing is a perfect metaphor, right? But, you know, man is created in the image of God. And while the Bible doesn't explicitly say what that entails, we do get it, we do get a good idea that, you know, if God is triune and in this relationship, you know, within the Godhead, mm-hmm. we do see that now play directly into the family unit itself. And, so man is pronounced to be made in the image of God and is made in the image of God. And it's interesting. One of the first attacks of Satan to Eve is, you know, he's encouraging her, encouraging her to eat of the fruit of a tree, which is forbidden. But one of his arguments for it is that you will be like God. Mm. And, you know, if in that moment Eve had remembered that she's already like God in the fact that she's made in the image of God, if she, you know, had remembered that, Perhaps, you know, we'd, we'd be having a different conversation. But regardless, so from the beginning, um, the identity of marriage, the identity of human beings um, being made in the image of God that is expressed through marriage from Genesis is attacked by the serpent. And now we kind of see it come all the way full circle. You know, uh, in creation, you have this this perfect, I think we might have talked about it last week, I don't know, but this perfect, like, polarity and where everything, you know, light, darkness, land and sea um, is all in perfect order. And so was man and woman, you know, they're created perfectly equal. You know? Eve, Eve is made from the rib of man out of Adam. Um, we can sort of take that to mean she's neither his head nor his, um, you know, nor subservient, but rather created equal. But, you know, after, after the fall, 
one of the curses of sin is that this 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 perfect harmony between men and women kind of gets skewed. Right. And we often do see that throughout history, right? Um, women were often second-class citizens. Today, that's changed, but um, well, at least in, at all, least in secular society, not all the or world. in Western society, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm, so I'm speaking of our context, but of course, for sure. Yeah. And so, but now it's kind of it's interesting how um, marriage breakdown and and loneliness and isolation is now very prevalent. So, mm. um, so it's like yeah, basically quite, you're almost kind of making the the connection that like in this time where uh, marriage was meant to be this gift from God to be upheld and it's beautiful, it's a wonderful thing, and that when it was valued like that, it was it they uh, marriages remain together more and more often. Then now we come well, into yeah, a society and, where they don't value it as much, and now we see yeah, marriage breakdown happening all around. Yeah, and so it's never been perfect, of course, but we we are seeing an isolation and loneliness within society and and marriage breakdown in particular, um, and divorce divorce rates and so on and so forth. And so we do see this again, this attack on the family institution through another route. Um, I, I would probably argue through you know this um, this hyper individualism um, and you know this encouraging of people to sort of um, find their own identity and find their their own way in life as individuals without without the regard for you know family and and other things like that and i see that a lot especially online you know there's a there's a page there's a instagram account on twitter actually and it's interesting because it kind of exposes you know many people within certain communities that are encouraging especially children to cut connection with their parents Mm. just so that they can just so they can explore, say, their, their gender or their sexuality. And then, say, as soon as the parents are concerned, these certain communities and adults within these communities are, are, are encouraging you know, children to cut, cut that off. And so, obviously, you know, within, within the married home, um, children are, you know, kind of that, that, that product of love, right? This, that expression of love that comes between men and women. And so, um, as a whole, it's definitely it's definitely lost. I think a lot of its, its value, but I think it's not all bad. It's not all bad. I think I think there are a lot of people though that still do see the value in marriage, um, its sacredness and its beauty. Really. Yes, for sure. Um, and the and the freedom that is within it. It's not all it's not all negative. Um, but we see that this has been under attack since the fall. I think a big part of the reason that's under attack as well, too, is Satan realizes that if he can destroy the family unit, the individual as part of the family unit, he can mess up the neighborhood, the community, and the whole city, and then to that point, the state, and then the nation, and then the rest of the world. And so by attacking this Essentially, earlier in the show, we talked about Jesus was the cornerstone that the builders rejected. Well, family and marriage is a cornerstone of society. And if he can undermine society through the attack of the cornerstone of society through family and marriage yeah. breakdown, well, then he's yeah. successful at leading people away from a healthy relationship with each other. And that also inevitably impacts the relationship with God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and today we're sort of seeing that happen through 
you know, this double speak that's all in Orwellian nature. Um, and it really has like made the wrong assumptions of who we are, um, you know, as human beings in our nature. And these kind of ideologies that do that just so assume that we're, you know, the point of our kind of existence is just to continue to pursue, you know, our individual rights, our individual liberties. Um, and unfortunately we throw around that word rights a lot, but it, it forgets that also not just the rights, but the duties that we have one to another. Mm. Um, and you know, within the like Christian, societal responsibilities the, as a yeah, Christian. yeah, and within the yeah, and within the but within the within the Christian faith, though, we sort of see well, yes, you know, an individual has c- certainly God ordained rights, but there's also more often than not, you know, this 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 sort of duty and this commitment, and that's what love is, right? You know, love is this commitment. It's it, it's unfortunately probably been a bit Disneyfied, but love is this commitment to to one another um and so one of the things in the new testament we see a lot mentioned is sexual immorality for example right in all its forms in all of its forms right and the apostle paul one of the big um solutions he gives to that is clearly marriage because you know sexual immorality can only come outside of marriage but the good thing is you know sexuality within within the bonds of, you know, a man and a woman married is, is awesome. It's the best thing ever. It's free. Yeah. It's freedom. You know, it's, you're, you're free to go, to go and explore that. But unfortunately, you know, the damage that is done outside of it, um, is, is astronomical, you know, just the children. Um, I mean, how many, how many children are unfortunately say aborted because, they're not coming from like a functioning home necessarily. Right. I mean, that's not all the reasons, but so um, I think, I think this, this, this coming back to what true love is, you know, this faithfulness, commitment and charity within a relationship. I think that's what, that's, I think that's what needs to be kind of reignited again within society um, and, and remembered again, because I think you've made a really good point, Blake, that marriage is the building blocks of society. And if you destroy that, it doesn't matter what you know, edifice you build on top of it. it it's, it's doomed to fail. For sure. I, I, you know, I really do believe that marriage as an institution, God created uh, for a man and woman to be together uh, for their entire life. And, and that stability for the family, for the neighborhood, for their community, for society itself, the stability helps to bring mankind into a, a better, uh, more deeper relationship with God, a, a better relationship with God and a, a better existence overall. Uh, so, Mark, hey, we're running out of time here, but I just want to say thank you so much for joining us and talking about this. I want to pick up this uh, conversation again later on in the future. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.